I, some of those memories, I, I, I grew up in the great state of Missouri, and in the summer it could get pretty, pretty hot and very humid. And we, we lived in a two-story house built in 1862, and so I want you to know that the insulation was not very good. And they put me upstairs. I, I'm kind of wondering why now. I, I think maybe they didn't like me very much. But <clears throat> so it's, you know, old peak, you know, the bedroom, very steep roof, you know, and you stick your bed in there and, and one window, and I'd have that thing wide open and put a fan in that window, and you'd lay on top of the sheets and just let the fan blow on you, and whatever was touching the sheet stuck. You know, you just sweat all night long. And, and so my wife wants to know why I keep it on morgue temperature at home. Uh, I just don't want to have to go back to that. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, we are thankful for uh, that. I kind of reminisced a little bit about that on Thursday night, laying there on top of that sleeping bag in that hot tent. And thinking it might be better to just go out there and lay on top of the picnic table where you can get a little bit of breeze underneath you. So, but, And then the greatest thing I saw was Joe wore his Crocs and those little holes, you know, they sunburn your feet. <laughs> that was funny, Joe. <laughs> I like that. So... <laughs> Uh, but guys, you ought to come next year. We'll we'll get as many sites as we need, and and uh, it's just a great time, isn't it? So, but I'm just thankful for each of you being here today, and pray. I do pray that God uh, blesses uh, you being here, and that you learn something from His Word that will help draw you closer to Him. That you can find something in His Word today that will help you with whatever the challenges are in your life. And I know that we all have those, and, and uh, <clears throat> there are many burdens that are out there. And I want you to know that, that Christ is sufficient to carry all of them. And uh, we, we want him to be honored and glorified. And, and so we're going to continue to give thought to the battle of the mind. And we, we've uh, kind of carried that on as a theme now for six weeks or so and want to continue to do that because the devil is, is definitely after the minds of our children. He's, he, he's after ours. He, he knows that uh, he, he can't, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, he knows he cannot get your soul. So he will try to rob you of your life and he'll try to rob you of any joy that you might have, any kind of happiness. The devil is your enemy, and he hates you, and he's going to do what he can to destroy you, and so that's why you just, you got to keep your mind right and, and keep it on what God's Word says, and, and that's what we try to do. Just teach the Bible what it says, and let's apply it to our lives. God's Word is powerful, and God uses it to change people's lives all the time, and in His Word, you will find that Christ is sufficient. He's sufficient to save you, and he's sufficient to carry you, and to guide you, and to direct you, and to help you in whatever it is that is going on in your life. And I hope that you know that, and I hope that it re reassures you today. We'll be in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. 
In my Bible, that's page 1,910. <clears throat> I, um, I'm excited to see how God continues to uh, grow his church, and there are many of you that I still want to come and see, and, and I just haven't gotten there yet, but <clears throat> there are some of you that are relatively new, and I'm working hard at trying to remember your names, and, and I want to do that. And, uh, and for those of you who are on social media, if you are on Facebook, um, we have a, a closed group that is for our church family. Uh, if you want to join that, um, look up myself on Facebook or look up Teresa on Facebook. Or if you have a friend from Platte Valley, they can send an invite uh, to put you on our closed group. And uh, it's there that we share certain requests. It's there that uh, information is given out. And so you are welcome to get on there. And uh, we'll, we'll get you put on there so you know more what's going on. We have Remind. Um, it's, on, it's the app that you can get on your phone. I, I think the school districts use that. But we have a group on there. And you're going to have to ask Thane how to do that. He had to set my phone up for me too. But um, you can get on there. And then it'll, if you don't want to be on social media, that's great. You can get a text to tell you what's going on. Uh, we try to put out reminders on that, people to pray for, those kinds of things that are on there. So if you want to be a part of that, we have that too. So we just want to do our best to stay in contact with all of you. And please, if you have a question or you have a need, reach out to me, and uh, I will do everything I can to get back to you. And uh, if you need to talk, you can come by. Or you, I, <clears throat> if you need a set an appointment i'm happy to set an appointment but if my truck is here if you see my pickup out here you are welcome to stop anytime and so my i uh, uh would be happy to meet with you and and so i don't i i don't uh necessarily keep official office hours i'm just here and so i don't have an official day off or anything like that so I come and go, and that way if somebody calls, I can go see them whenever they need me. And, uh, but if you, you are welcome to stop if you ever have any questions. I want to do my best to uh, build a relationship with all of you. I, I, I don't want to just be someone that stands up here and you hear preach. I, I want to get to know you and uh, help you in any way that I can. And I mean that, and I'll do my best. There's only one of me. But there's plenty of me. I could probably cut myself in half and still uh, tip the scales pretty good. So maybe we should do that. No? No. All right. So, and on the tube thing. I, 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 feel, I feel like my friends turned on me. Nelson was driving the boat. And he promised me, Pastor, I'll keep you inside the wake. Those of you who have ever ridden a tube, you know what I'm talking about. The Inside the wake is safe. That's our safe zone. You get outside the wake, and then you get into that geometry stuff 
where when they go around the corner, you're doing about 25 in your boat, and you're doing about 90 on the tube around the corner. And uh, I just didn't think that uh, I used the better discretion. And as soon as I went over that wake and all their faces got real bright, I thought, yeah, it's time to bail. And so as I get older, I don't have anything to prove. And, but he did catch some air, and that was really cool. And uh, I want you to know that water is very hard. And, and I think we were doing 28 miles an hour in the boat. So I don't know what he had been doing, probably 50 or so. It was really cool to watch him. And so, but I was thinking, Lord, don't let him die. We really need him on Sunday. So, but you guys ought to come. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. But anyway, let's get back into the word. Colossians chapter 2. And with the mind, and I, what I want us to think on today is the sufficiency of Christ. And we, we so often, we want to add things or think that there are many things that we have to do to merit God's uh, favor in our lives or that it, it's just too easy or what, whatever our thoughts may be, but, or maybe that your problem is too big and that God's not big enough to handle it on his own. We need to, to, to be a part of this. We we do live in, a, in an area that is very independent, and I love that. I, I, I like the pioneering spirit, the, the tough attitude, the, the idea that we can do things on our own, and, and uh, I appreciate that. We have uh, people in our church that are very hard workers that uh, take care of themselves. They have a hard time asking for help, and, and they have a hard time uh, realizing that there are just some things you can't handle on your own, and that's and uh, it's good to a point, but then pride creeps in, and then that causes a problem. And we need to understand that that there are times in our lives that there are issues that you're dealing with that you cannot fix on your own, and Christ is there, and. And, and even in those that you think that you can fix on your own, you need to start realizing that you have feet of clay and that you might make it through this one, but tomorrow you may crash and burn. So you, you need to understand that Christ is there and he needs to be there in your life, uh, first place in your life, every day, every moment. And understand that Christ is sufficient. And we get into chapter 2, and, and it helps us with our thinking of this, and and help us to realize who Christ is and how important he is and ought to be in our lives. And so the preeminence of Christ here in verses 1 through 3, we're going to go through much of chapter 2, So, but we're just going to look at these three verses today. And it says, For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Now, First of all, we see a great conflict, and, and uh, it's the conflict that Paul has. And, and there's a fight that's going on here in his own heart and, and in his own mind. And, and he's telling them, he says, I, for I would or I, I, I wish and I desire that, that you could understand the, the, the fighting that's going on in my own life because I want to be there and, and I want to be able to help you and, and, and I, I want to guide you through the issues that, that you might have, but, 
Look, right now, Paul was not able to get there. He was in, he was in prison. And so, but he had a great conflict and was thinking on them. And so he did the most powerful thing that he could do. He was praying for them. But, but here we, we see that, that, that conflict. And that conflict is going on in our lives today also. The, the conflict that they had was there was a great opposition to the gospel. There, there was a great opposition by Satan and, and his demons. And there were false teachers that were creeping in and trying to uh, um, encourage these people to go off into left field theologically. And like I said, the devil would do anything he could to, get to, to distract you from walking in the way that God wants you to walk. And, and the world is very noisy with that and bring lots of distractions to us along the way. And, and, and in doing so, we, we uh, follow along and, and we get caught up in these things. And then pretty soon we have uh, diminished our walk with God and the, the power of the Holy Spirit and, uh, in our lives. And, and we're not being the testimony that God wants us to be. And these false teachers, they were bringing in their heresies and, and, and the, these false teachers, not only them, but as well as the unsaved, were persecuting the genuine believers. And Paul was in prison during this time. And his heart was with them, though, and he wanted them to know that. You know, I think we could all do better in, in that statement that's made so often. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And, and I do believe that we need to show more of that compassion to one another and, and we need to make an effort to reach out to others. And, and, and there, look, there is a battle of the mind going on today because of uh, the, the psychosis that has taken place in people of uh, the not reaching out to anyone e- anymore. You know, through the COVID, the, the lockdowns, I mean, my wife found the greatest thing she thinks since sliced bread with that stupid order thing that you can order on Walmart and then you can just drive up and you push the latch and the hatch comes open, they put your groceries in, shut it down, she drives off. I'm like, what good is that? I want to go in. If I'm going to if I'm going to go, I'm going to go and and it's really not to buy the food, it's to see who's there. I mean, I, I love harassing Donna Mason, and she showed me how to use the intercom system. This could really be fun. You know, one day I was in the sporting goods, and the phone kept ringing, nobody answered, so I answered it. And I told them, I said, they were looking for a certain gun, and I said, really, you're better off to go to Napa. But you know, yes, I did that. My son was with me, Tyler, who, who he's the kind of guy, too, that would love to just go in or to, to drive up and let him, you know, the introverts love that kind of stuff, you know. Amazon. Amazon has played to the emotions of every introvert in America, you know. And it's like, there's no fun. The only person you see then is your ugly mailman, you know. And so what good is that, right? And, and, and then he won't stay and talk. He acts like he's got a route to carry or something, you know? I mean, come on, Wade. Let's get with the program, all right? Come on in. Have a Pepsi with me, and we'll watch Richard Gene the Fishing Machine. And, and, and then you can move on. But, you, you know, we, we, have, 
we, we have lost so much of the contact with each other. Anybody here uh, ever go to family reunions? Anybody ever have? How many of you still have family reunions? About half of what said that they had family reunions. Only about half anymore. I remember we would get together. We would rent a big thing at a park and, and a big pavilion type thing. And everybody would bring food. And we were there all day. And family members that you hadn't seen since last year, they would come. And, I mean, that was social media at the time, you know. And it was great. I mean, we had our conservatives and we had, we had our liberals. And they would all come together and fight and spit and yell and scream and get mad at each other and then give everybody a hug at the end of the day and go home. And you still loved each other. I mean, it's amazing, you know. And, and, but we have all of this. And, and Paul truly did want to see them and he wanted to be there he said there's a great conflict and i want to be there and and there are certain things that that i want you to know and 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 i know that this conflict is real and and i know that that you are having some real issues in your life and he wrote to the corinthians in second corinthians three seventeen. i didn't give this to the screen guys but says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And telling the Corinthians, and I'm sure he wanted the Colossians to know that too, that, look, you need to understand that the liberty that you have comes only in Christ, and, and how you need to understand that Jesus is there, and that he's going to be there for you. And, but he goes on, he says, for I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you. And for them at Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, there are even those I haven't met that I really truly do care about. Know how we need to start asking and praying that God would help us to see people as God sees them. God created every one of us, and God wants every one of us to walk in His plan and, and to walk in His will. And, and that all starts by dealing with our sin issue that we have and come to that knowledge and trust of Jesus Christ as our Savior. Settle it today if you haven't and call on Jesus to be your Savior, believing and trusting only in what He has done, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. You call on Him and knowing that His, His sacrifice was for you and that you recognize yourself as that sinner that you are and, and that you're hell-bound because of your rejection and distrust of Him and you change that and you trust Him and you call on Him and He'll save you. And boy, the devil doesn't like that and he's going to go after you and then he's going to cause you to doubt that it's true or going to cause you the, to doubt the thing. Man, there's got to be much more to this than than what you're telling, and that is what the scriptures say, and, and, and we need to understand that, and that's what we're looking at. Jesus is sufficient, and he will do what he says he will do. But here he, Paul was saying, oh, my heart goes out to all of them, and, and oh, how I want you to grow and to continue to be what, you want, what God wants you to be. And you know what the scary thing is, is that how easy it is for us to get out into, I call it left field, but how quickly we can do that. You go over to Revelation chapter 3, and, and here John writes about the church of Laodicea. This took place about 40, well, maybe about 35 years after Paul had wrote Colossians. 
And so it's here in Colossians that he mentioned the church of Laodicea, and, and I know that there's a great conflict with, with these false teachers in the unsaved world, and I know the devil is after you, and, and oh, how you need to, to stand strong. And, and look, you, you know, here, here's the thing you need to realize, too, that when you trust Christ as your Savior, and, and you truly are a born-again believer, and you're genuine in what you have done, and your faith is in Him, then then you have just made a big bullseye on your back for the devil to get after you. And so I'm not going to feed you some false lies that say that if you trust Jesus, that life is going to be all easy and and there's no waves in your life and there's not going to be any troubles in your life. It's just the opposite. You're going to have issues and, and you're going to have challenges in your life, but now you have someone with you, always who will give you the power to get through whatever it is. And through his power, he will help you to get through that and, and guide you. And, and he can help you so that later down the road, your faith has grown stronger rather than getting weaker. And oh, how we need to trust him and look to him in those times of conflict. And, and, and don't let anything get in the way. You know, and sometimes what Satan does is he will throw all kinds of obstacles at you. Or sometimes, he'll just make your way easy, and he'll leave you alone. He'll let everything get all good and happy, and your finances are good, and there's no challenges along the way, and, and oh, how things are going mighty good, and then pretty soon, you know what you've done? Well, I got this. I don't, I don't need anybody's help. I got this all under control. Oh, be, beware. And that's what happened to the Laodiceans in Revelation 3.14 and under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods. And have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. You know, they had gotten to the point where they were doing so well, and moving along on their own, that they had forgotten all about God. And then, as a matter of fact, he talks about this church, and this group of people, and verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He wasn't even in the church. Isn't that sad? wasn't in the hearts of the people at all. We see that they had gone lukewarm, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and will sup with him, and he with me. And so here we see what happened to the Laodiceans. And you know what the word Laodicea means? People's rights. People's rights. You see, they, they had times were so easy, and... Uh, and all they could think about was their own rights. Really, what rights do we have as a servant of God? We have the right to remain silent and serve our God and do whatever it is that he wants us to do and go through whatever he wants us to go through. And sometimes that's very difficult. But sometimes he allows us to go through those things so that our faith will be stronger. I think of today, I think that there's a lot of people that 
a lot of believers today that you never thought about going to the grocery store before, but now as you're walking in, I'm sure there's some of the, the men and the women that go in there, Lord, give me wisdom to buy what we need. What we need, And that, Lord, you'll bring to my mind the things that we need and help us, Lord, to find the things that are on sale. Help us to find the, the, the things that, that won't break us. And, and maybe you give more thought on where you're going and what you're doing and and you're, you're asking the Lord to have a little more wisdom, a little more discernment in the things that before God wasn't even an equation in that. And you see, God allows that to happen so that we understand that God wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. And we need to understand that sometimes when it's too easy, we forget God. You know, sometimes when things are too hard, then we get mad or we turn away from God, and he doesn't want either one of those. He wants us to be seeking him all the time, every time. And why? Because he is sufficient. And he's preeminent. He ought to be first in everything that we do. And so keep your minds on him and, and help one another along the way and encourage one another and reach out to one another. I'm telling you, Sharon and Verlin Forbes need our prayers right now. And you need to pray for them. And if you tell them you're going to pray for them, pray for them. Reach out to someone else that may come to your heart and your mind today. Shoot them a text. Had a gentleman yesterday just give me a testimony of someone that sent him a text. He said, that text spoke to my heart, and I appreciated it. Just a text. It's all it takes, right? And so to reach out and talk to someone and, and show them that you care and and, and to remind them that whatever they're going through, that Christ is sufficient. And then we go on in verse 2, and, and here's what his prayer is. This is the conflict. This is the, the desire that he wants as they're going through the conflicts that they're going through, that, or for the purpose that. He's showing the purpose of why he's saying these things, that their hearts might be comforted. And so the innermost part of our being, that who, that makes us who we are, that it's in that deep-seated part of our emotions and who we are, that it's there that we can find comfort. It's there that we can find that peace. It's there that we find that liberty. It's there that we find the freedom, that, that we understand that the bonds of chain have been broken, the, the chains of, of, of sin and the bonds of sin have been broken, and that it's there that we can rest, and it's there that we can trust, and it's there that we can be encouraged by, by our Savior and by even the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Over in Acts chapter 9, he tells us of this and in Acts chapter 9, and, and it tells us in verse 31, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. Now, with that, we need to understand that they were still in the midst of a great persecution. And there were many who were losing their lives for their faith. But here in the midst of all of that, even with dealing with the pressures that they had dealt with, where they had lost their jobs, they had had family turn their backs upon them, and they were on their own, and, and they, were, they were starting up these little churches wherever they were, and, and, and quietly doing some of that because they knew that they could lose their lives. And, and in all of that, they still had rest. Look, the, the world's idea of rest 
maybe taking a nap, but I'm telling you that the rest that God is talking about, it's far more than just sitting down on your recliner and taking a nap. It's far more than being able to, and it's good to be able to lay your head on your pillow at night and know that you're right with God and you can go to bed that night with your conscience clear and, and a pure of heart and nothing like that, but it's not just the, the, the a peaceful night's rest knowing you're protected from the the, the evils out there, but it's just a peace and a contentedness knowing that whatever it is going on in my life, I have tranquility. I have peace in my life that nothing that will change this, no circumstance can ever change that because I'm resting in God and I'm resting in the comfort of the Holy Spirit because the churches have rest throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria, and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. People are searching for that. People are needing that, and we have the answer, and it's in Christ. We can find comfort also in, in the Scriptures. Oh, how we ought to stay in the Scriptures all the time. And in Romans 15 and verse 4 it says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Patience, endurance, perseverance. That doesn't come easy, but you have to be patient. Now, I don't know how many times hunting that I've been sitting there in in a tree stand and a great setup and and you know and you sit there and and then you sit there and you sit there and then your mind starts playing games on you and and then you you start thinking I maybe I should have sat over in that other stand you know oh if I could just see what's over there that's probably where that big buck is at instead of here right now and and you get to playing games with your mind and you're thinking that things could be better somewhere else and and, and then you, you know what you do is you lose patience. You think, yep, I'm going to get up. And you stand up. And you know what you hear? Like, what is that? And you look around the tree. And there's that stinking nasty doe who has snuck up on your tree and has just told the whole world because after she does the stomp, every deer in 20 acres hears you. And they're like, mm, don't go over there. I don't know what's over there. You know what happened? My patience ran out, and I blew the blessing. If I'd have just sat there just a little bit longer, I could have shot that loudmouth snark when she came by. Right in the head. Giving her blue eyes. Blue one this way and blue one that way. I'm sorry. You lose out on all those blessings when you don't have patience. We need to be patient. We, we need to allow God to do his work in our lives. And sometimes you might feel like you are in a deep, deep hole. You know what you do? You read yourself out of the valley. You read yourself out of the valley. Get in God's Word and stay in God's Word. 
every day when you're, you're, di- you're trying to dig your way out, stop and pray, stop and, and read a psalm. Read some of the Proverbs. Read, read the Gospel of John or one of the Gospels to remind you of the power of Jesus. And, and you just continue to stay in the Word of God. And you'll watch God do something in your life. And He'll slowly bring you out of it. And, and, and just be patient. You went out of it today. You're dealing with an eternal God who sees that He can allow you to go through this over several days, several months, maybe even several years to... Uh, but you continue to stay in the Word, and you continue to rely upon Him, and you continue to trust Him, and, and you're going to find that, you know what? People are going to disappoint you. They're, they are. They're just not always going to be able to be there when you need them, but God is always there. Always. Always. And in His Word is how He talks to you. And He'll take His Word, and He'll mold you, and He'll help you, and He'll comfort you in a way that only He can do that. No, that's what Paul is saying here. I, I want you to be comforted. I, 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 the, these conflicts that you're going through, that, that you need to know that it's in that deep-seated part of who you are that you can find a comfort that only God can give. It's through the Holy Spirit. It's through the comfort of the Scriptures. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3, he tells us that he's the God of all comfort. You know, in that same passage, he's telling us that as the God of all comfort, that he allows you to go through some terrible, deep valleys in your life. And one of the reasons he allows you to go through that is so that God can use you later to help somebody else that goes through that same kind of valley. We kind of learned that. We use those verses there in 2 Corinthians. Remember in 2020, the first of that year, we use that whole passage there as our theme, and others was the theme. Boy, did we not have a clue how God was going to use that that year. And he's still using it. And some of you still might be trying to climb out of a hole over the last 20, last 2020 and 2021 and even 2022. But I want you to know that God is the God of all comfort. And he doesn't want you to turn your back on him. He doesn't want you to get angry. He doesn't want you to try to find comfort in what the world offers through through whatever it is that they want to throw at you. God wants to comfort you, and he will. When you draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you. And the closer you get, the closer he will get. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 14, here, here it, it tells us that the importance of believers, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. We also have comfort in other believers. And so how we ought to help one another, we're not here to gossip about each other, we're here to help each other. We're not here to judge one another. We're here to help each other. We're here to exhort one another. And yes, if someone's being unruly, we get to them and say, you're being unruly, you need to quit this. Do the right thing. Know how we need to love one another and, and why. So that your heart may be comforted being knit together in love. You know what I believe? I believe that as if, if times continue to, to get harder, 
that it will reveal the frauds, but it will also bring out the, the genuine, sincere believers. And as things get crazy, we get tighter because Christ brings us together. Oh, it's not a time where you, you say, you know what, can you not see what the devil is doing? Split them apart. Hide in your house. Don't come out. Don't be around anybody. You're safer that way. And that's when the devil can get a hold of you. You get around other crazy believers and they say, hey, wake up. Get out of this funk. It's going to be okay. We'll help you. We'll be patient with you. But we're right here beside you. And, and, how, and, and what is it that knits our, our hearts together? Love. Love. I mean, it doesn't mean that, that we, we accept every crazy lifestyle out there. We have to love you as you are. I told you that story many years ago, and Jesse uh, has passed away now. My little nephew, though, he used to come out and stay with us, and he was at that age where he thought he needed to wear his pants down to his thighs. And, and we were going to go to Cabela's, and he pulls them all down. He's strutting out of the house, you know, and, and he really strutted, I think, I think Jesse was 5'1", as an adult. And my sister is five feet flat. You know, she's a little shrimp. And so, but he comes walking out, and I said, hey, pull up your pants. I'm not going to pull up my pants. I said, yeah, you are going to pull up your pants, or we're going back in the house. We're not going anywhere with you walking around. First of all, you can't walk. You walk funny. And secondly, nobody wants to see your bloomers, all right? And so pull up your pants. Well, you got to take me as I am. No, I don't. No, I don't. I love you. Now pull up your pants. It has nothing to do about accepting people in their, uh, and, and accepting their lifestyle. It's about loving them because they're a creation of God, and they need to know Christ as their Savior. And yes, we have a set of standards in the way that God wants us to live, and he doesn't want you to walk around living showing your bloomers to everybody. Thank you. <laughs> but we still love each other. We can take them where they are and show them and tell them about Jesus. We can tell them that Jesus loves them and he wants them to understand that you can have a peace and a comfort that only he can give you. And he knits our hearts together in love. And we take people where they are and we help them to get where they need to be. And what a joy it is to watch when God does that, isn't it? I mean, is there anything better than watching someone humble themselves and humble their heart and come to the knowledge of Christ as their Savior? And, and then to watch God start molding their lives and, and bringing them around and, and, and showing them the wonderful peace and blessings that he can give and how good it is, isn't it? How good it is to see his people dwell in unity is what it tells us in Psalm 133. It tells us that the, the gifts of the, the pastor, the evangelist, the missionaries of the day, those gifts that were given are to teach the doctrines of, of Christ and teach the doctrines of the Scripture for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what God wants. 
And then he goes on, not only are we knit together then unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. And so here, their hearts are comforted, being knit together in love, so that you can understand the riches that God gives in salvation. That's what he wants you to understand. The mystery the world doesn't understand is that someone loves them and died for them. And he did so in taking the wrath of God from all their sins and put it away. And if you, by faith, will call on Jesus Christ, he'll forgive you of your sins. You can have forgiveness. You can have a restoration. You can have peace, comfort, and you can find Christ knit your heart in love with a whole bunch of other crazies. Isn't it good? Isn't it good, though? I, I, I mean, I, I, I just, I, it just gives you a whole different purpose in, in why you're living. And what you're doing. And, and he wants you to know that. He wants you to know all the riches that he can give you. All the wealth of our God he gives to us. Oh, how good that is. And in whom? In Christ. Are hid. Ooh. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If something's hid, what do you have to do? You have to go find it. Well, that's what he wants you to do. How do you find it? Well, you do what he tells you to do. You stay in the word of God. You get on your knees and you pray and you trust Christ not only for salvation, but you trust Christ to meet your financial needs. You trust Christ to give you wisdom and how to be the kind of husband you ought to be. You trust Christ that he will show you to be the kind of wife that you ought to be. You trust Christ and you stay in the word of God and you find out how you ought to be raising your children. You trust Christ not only for salvation, but you trust him to show you how to handle your finances. You trust Christ that not only for salvation, but you trust him for your protection. You trust him when circumstances get crazy in your life and the waves are beating against your boat and, and it's then that you trust Christ that he will bring you through Whatever the trial is, you trust Christ because he is sufficient. And you know what you'll find? You'll find those hidden treasures. And you'll find the hidden treasures of wisdom and understanding the word of God and the knowledge of how to live in a crazy and corrupt world. And you'll find that your mind is full of wisdom and knowledge that's given to you from God and it just places and gets rid of the worldly wisdom and the horrible thoughts that the devil wants you to be thinking. And you live a peaceable life that only God can give. So what's the noise going on in your life right now? What is it that would keep you from hearing what it is that God wants you to hear? I, what is the great conflict that might be hindering you from thinking the way God wants you to think. First of all, the devil may be really banging the cymbals loud in your mind and in your heart right now because he knows that you are his. And he doesn't want to lose you. Well, you continue down that path and 
It tells us that the ungodly will never have peace. But God wants you to have it. Stop listening to the banging of the devil's cymbals and listen to what God is telling you. And come to that point where you trust and call upon Christ to be your Savior. And he'll give you eternal life. And you can walk out of here today with a peace in your heart that you have never, ever had before. And then as a believer, what noise is going on in your life? Is there some carnality in your life that you know that you need to get rid of and, and it's just banging that cymbal so loud and, and it has such a, such a power over you right now that you just think there is no way that, that you can ever beat this? Remember the verse, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He can give you liberty. Don't live in shame. Shame is not from God. Shame is from the devil. Guilt can be from God. And it's usually carried through by conviction. Convicting you and showing you you need to get something right with him. But shame, don't live in shame. Don't think that you can't be used by God. God can use any of us. God does. It's his grace and his love that's amazing, isn't it? But just give it to God. Whatever might be hindering you today from being what God wants you to be, give it to God today. Win the great conflict that's battling in your heart and your life today. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray your blessings upon each one. I pray you bless the decisions that are made today. That, Lord, you will be honored and glorified in all that takes place. We ask these things and we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.